Hello, baby. Good. I wasn't say good yellow morning, but that might be racist, actually. Good yellow morning? Well, I was good. Okay, we're talking about. Just we're talking about color today guys so you just you just okay so we we should do that on other episodes say we're talking about like i don't know neckties again and we're like good necktie morning <laughs> good foulard to you my good good sir. foulard to you that was like a swedish guy saying it i should i don't know why sorry, I said, to, all, I sorry said. to all of our like surprisingly many swedish listeners i'm always surprised by how many swedes love our show <laughs> those dang swedes man I started off by saying yellow, and now we're talking about Swedes. Well, so how about other, how about other races? Can we include? You could, you could. Well, no. How about this to win back the Swedes? I am furious. Yellow, which I, if I'm getting the title correct, that's the parody of I think I am curious blue, mm. which is a Swedish film. Well, I could be about, getting both of those wrong. We'll I realized about... in one of the one of the episodes, uh, I got the name of the NBC president wrong. I called him, I think, like Rich Littlefield, but yeah. it's Warren Littlefield because oh, I was getting him confused with Rich Little, who is also in the movie that I was talking about. What about Chicken Little? Oh, he was in that movie too. Chicken Little was in uh, Late Voice, Shift, and, oh, he kept, yeah, voiced by Zach and he Raff. kept and he kept telling. Uh, Jay Leno and David Letterman. Why are you arguing about a talk show? The the sky is falling. It's and then aliens. there were aliens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, speaking of color, I start. I, okay, so I want to first off say that I wanted. I I couldn't think of golden morning, and I don't know why it came out as yellow. Good morning, golden morning. I want to isn't that what the? Apologize. Isn't that no? They say good mythical morning because that's yeah, the name do. of their YouTube. Well, channel. I was gonna say to combine to bring this full circle to combine the color and Swedes. What about the? about the golden god the, the golden king that uh swedish alt-right youtuber who was oh like, no so actually it is i am curious yellow the simpsons episode is i'm furious yellow there is i am curious blue which is a companion film so i got it right there you go thank yeah. you thank you for this culture and they are named after the colors of the swedish flag Oh, wow. Well, is that why the golden god, that, like, alt-right guy who only eats, like, steak or something? Or only eats, no, like, I don't know if food? I don't know if he's one of the raw meat guys, but he's, like, one of the dudes who, like, reads Lord of the Rings and is, like, this is how we should model our society. <laughs> like, just really dumb, like, yeah. dumb guy shit, which I think is funny. Like Spartans or whatever? Like, yeah. oh, yeah, fuck yeah, Spartans. Halo? <laughs> yeah, we should be, like, Halo, guys. We should model our society well, also- after Halo. Well, okay, so, you know, Halo is one of those things where the, like, their Spartan, like, the Halo installation is what they discover, right? Uh-huh. So, like, imagine if the title of a game was, like, oh, like maybe it is. Maybe there are games that the title is the environment. Maybe that's, that's, that's probably <laughs> Are you talking like the title is literally the words "the environment" or it's just describing? <laughs> well, because it's like the you know, like like Legend of Zelda has a character yeah. in the title, Super Mario uh-huh. Brothers. Super is Mario the Brothers. It would be kind of like I mean, I wouldn't be surprised I mean, there... if there was a, a game called Mushroom Kingdom or something. <laughs> no, that's gonna be that's gonna be like the gritty like spinoff oh. TV show where it's like you know like Gotham where it's not about there, Mario. There but you it's go. About, See, yeah, in, it's in about like Toadstool or something. It's about Toadstool and it's gonna be called Mushroom Kingdom. And he's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get the goddamn princess. Yeah, he, like his life is like the servant to Princess Peach. Yeah, 
He's just it's like, like the it's like the new HBO animated Stewie the the Prince comedy where the prince how, is, is how Stewie. How often have we brought this up now? I don't know if we've ever brought it up on stream. I know I've brought or on podcast, maybe on stream. But I was uh it was just a bad trailer. And I made the mm-hmm. mistake of watching like an episode because I was like I I didn't know what to watch and I wanted to see if it was as bad as it looked and it was pretty bad. There was one line that made me laugh, but I don't remember what it is. I um, well, you gotta find out what that line is. I'm gonna I, have to rewatch I, the entire episode. I watched Reminiscence, and again, this is coming out like way in ad- way way down the line now, so it's probably it's gone, you know. But I it watched might still it. be on HBO. It might yeah, probably so, not. It's only like thirty days, right? I don't know how. I think Warner Brothers stuff is all always on there. I think, right? No, it's no, it's on there for like thirty days. Then it goes back in the vault, and I'm sure in like two months they'll just drop it back on there. Yeah, um, I don't know why I thought it was like fun and cool, uh, but then like I don't know if I okay. So I was watching it in the theater in IMAX, and a guy like a guy pulls a gun and fires it and it cut to black at that exact moment. And I thought, <laughs> Whoa, this is okay. Cool. And then the audio kept going. I'm like, Oh no, the, the projector like died. <laughs> Did we saw a movie where that, where that happened? Oh, didn't oh we? yeah. It, uh, we, we, I think we talked about it in the movie, the crimes of Griswold. Oh, the crimes of Griswold. That's National right. lampoon, national lampoons, the crimes of Griswold. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Where like someone was talking. I think something also happened where someone did like something. And oh like- no no yeah. So what? Okay, I remember what happened. So there, yeah, it was like the sequence where the house is being exploded by like a dragon uh, or something. No, it's by the obscurial. Obscurial, and then like yeah, with the the same thing happened where like the picture cut out, but we were still getting audio, and then they like brought it back but they like fast forwarded it or something like that or no 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 we we i think we had picture no audio it was the opposite problem yeah and then they and then they tried to like bring it back but they brought it back like too far it was like 20 minutes behind where we were and everyone was like no move it forward and they couldn't no i thought they did they i think they did they we were like after a couple minutes yeah they came back and they were like no keep going yeah yeah. well mine mine didn't come back and i had to finish it on hbo and i don't know like you know it's one of those things where if if you wonder if the movie experience makes you like like a movie more and maybe now we're more critical because we can watch it at home from like the leisure of like our bedrooms and i don't know what happened to it but as soon as i watched it i'm like this movie sucks dude like i I, i don't full so i also watched that when on hbo but i had it like like behind me on the TV while I was like doing stuff and I would like yeah. leave the room periodically. So I was like, frankly, I did not really like watch it, <laughs> but I came back and it seems like Hugh Jackman was playing a completely different character. I, and I don't What yeah. happened? He's, he's, he's just, he's just doing an accent and he sounds like he's a cartoon. I don't, I don't recall that, but okay, I, well, maybe it's another thing. Yeah, maybe you, did you did, I think you put on the greatest showman maybe? Uh, I, no, actually I was just watching static. I was imagining the whole thing. <laughs> you, our minds melded together yeah. like ET. E. Hey, call back yeah, to the last and one. And then you and then you drank a beer and I got really drunk at school. Yeah. And then uh, a guy with keys uh wants to dissect me. I mean, I have keys. I think most people have keys. Who doesn't? That, that, guy, you have a, that guy i mean well i was gonna say if you have a house or you have a car you have keys but uh, unfortunately a lot of people don't have 
either of those. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah, guys, uh, remember to vote for progressive legislation for the unhoused. And um, uh, I don't know. Did uh, hey, we don't know if Gavin got recalled yet. We don't uh, at this. Well, point I mean, yeah, time. it's not. Is this coming out post November? No, never mind. No, it's not. Okay. Yeah. yeah Imagine if it did. That's late. crazy. Um. Anyway, guys, cold open over. We're we're talking about color today. Um, this is <laughs> good, by the good way, yellow morning. Good yellow morning. Ugh, I don't like that. As an Asian person, I don't know if I like this. I don't like it when I said it. Don't call China. Yeah. Um, okay, I won't. But you can you can tell Shakespeare though. Um, hey, Shakespeare, <laughs> big boy, uh, <laughs> Merchant of Venice. Um, so this is Style Direction, a mentor podcast about the stuffiness. My name is Ethan M. Wong. I'm Spencer Adi. And we talk about menswear without stuffiness. That's 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 what it is. And today, the topic sand stuffiness is brought to you by our friend Eric in the Discord. He has requested that we talk about this. And it took a while for us to kind of figure out exactly how we were going to approach it. And as we're kind of, you know, wrapping up before our break in the, our holiday break in December, um, you know, we were like, Hey, we can, I think we can talk about color. And we asked him for some help. He gave us some notes. And so we're going to dive deep on this, um, and talk about how we use color and how we dress. It'll be, it'll be a fun time. And I think the answer yeah. is I never thought about it until Eric brought it up to me. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's still something that, I mean, you know, with, with so many things, uh, it, like I think we were influenced by like vintage clothing, yeah. Um, and so I mean, it's it's it, we we tended just to buy I don't know like not not really out there colors like we just had the colors that were available to us, which tended to be pretty simple like grays and navies and browns. I mean, to um, be fair, a lot of vintage fabrics did have a lot of like multi stripes. No, stuff, of but course, of course. I'm not, you know, like, but it's it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like one of those things that I just never thought too deeply about, especially when I got more into military clothing and workwear. And generally, you know, you don't have much of a choice. Got, yeah, you don't got in uh, what color those things those. come in. You're, it's going to be again. It's going to be like navy or tan or green or something. Uh, so yeah, it's you know like. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't really, I, I don't really, I haven't really thought about color this deeply. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, Spence, I think you kind of hit one of the themes we'll bring up later. Um, but with vintage, as we said, we are poisoned by our, our, our collecting mindset and everything from the past couple episodes. It's kind of been the theme. Um, and so when we dress in that way, it's kind of like the whole dressing for color wasn't really a thing back then. Um some pieces, some like sportswear will have color, like sweaters, mm-hmm. Hollywood jackets, but typically like tailoring wasn't really a big thing as opposed to like maybe like the 60s where you get like, you know, orange, red, polyester suits, stuff like that, jumpsuits, yeah, safari jackets. Colors. Yeah, so because, because our, I, I mean, yeah. you know, we'll also get into this, but I think a lot of this also has to do with just the history of yeah eric highlighted, uh, highlighted that yeah. of like dyes and color because for a long time yeah these more vibrant synthetic dyes were just like not available exactly and and because of because of that as eric has notated here um we ascribe these colors to certain like i don't know casts of like society like some things seem to be more like 
grounded and for like you know for lack of a better term like poor people or lower class and some colors seem to be more regal and luxurious and then that plays into probably how you know as with taylor with uh bill serp and workwear and of course with tailoring and as things become more democratic now and dyes are more available um now it's all about it's mainly about vibes now it's mainly it's very aesthetically driven kind of thing but as we as we say as we'll start with his notes here the internet hashtag menswear is kind of like they love to talk about color um mm. in a very generic way because for a lot of guys like adding in color is a very like easy thing to do for interest you know like if you're a dude and we've talked about plenty of streams of this about like you know dressing basic and being you know like oh don't be too much you got the basic bastard outfit of like you know plain t-shirt jeans and sneakers for a lot of guys to be interesting, it's not about like, oh, adding Milserp or wearing an interesting jacket, which is still very basic, or like, you know, like playing with tailoring and patterns. It's like, just have another colorful yeah. t shirt. Like, that's I mean, it's all like, it I think, I think you see this a lot in like TV shows where the character is supposed to be like fashionable or like, yeah, cool. Like, like a lot of times, yeah, the designers are like, okay. We're just going to give them like a bright, like, you know, a bright blue suit with like a pink shirt and big yellow glasses. And that's how you know that this guy is like artistic and cool. Yeah. I mean, David Hockney. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, to be fair. We've got I mean, David okay, Hockney. like it can it can work, yeah. but it's, you know, it's it's like when, when you see it on like a like a shitty TV show or like the yeah. like suit guy in your office that doesn't very, dress very well. It, you know, that's that's what I tend to see. Yeah, and, you know, it's really weird. Again, I don't know how people get to the stage where all they do is follow those, like, infographic stuff. Where, like, obvi- I feel like, yeah, with those guys, like, they take those rules and they play it up to 100. Like, contrast. So, yeah. like... I, I also want to, just, like, really quick. Like, we've talked about this before with these infographics, but it's just crazy to me that I see the same ones yeah. from, mm-hmm. like, a decade ago still being passed around and treated as gospel. Like, can we get some new fucking basic hashtag menswear infographics like what happened what happened to that industry it's all like algorithmic and like you know just easily shareable content that people can just be like well this is the rule here it is i'm just gonna follow it you know we live in that culture Mm -hmm. this is not the topic of the episode but you know it's something that we have a big problem with but yeah it really takes these ideas and makes it like you know these these guys who follow it they just end up wearing color and either it's incredibly bold and and basic in terms of like how they like it's just like solid colors or it's like boring it's just like not interesting you know they talk about blue and red like there's and and of course a a a graphic will not have the same depth as fabric will you know uh, something we'll talk Mm -hmm. about later is how fabric the choice of fabric can affect the colors that you pick you know like and I, i yeah I mean, I think another thing is, like, these infographics that say, oh, this is what this color signifies or whatever can also scare people off. Because I remember working at, like, like Men's Warehouse, mm-hmm. uh, Crew. like, I would get a lot of guys that, like, oh, I don't want to wear a red tie because I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to, like, get my boss's job or whatever. Because they're, like, red ties, that's what the boss wears. Fucking that's a powerful crazy. color. Where it's, like, okay, yeah, if you're wearing, like, a bright red, like, 80s power tie, sure, that's one thing, but... I'm showing you like a like a more subdued like burgundy or like faded red whatever. It's like, yeah, it's just like these infographics are poison. Yeah, it's this whole and, and that's kind of 
the basis of a lot of people's like perceptions of color and menswear. And mm-hmm. we're here hopefully today to kind of, you know, tear it down and, you know, maybe come up and, and show how we do it. Because like I said, I don't think we actually think about it as much as other people would, would seem or would like to assume. Um, and so I like here that Eric has started out with the scientific <laughs> basis of color, which he says here. Color is a three-step process. Yep. Light waves Step bounce one, off. Yeah, light waves color. bounce off the object. Uh, our eyes, the rods and cones. And them. Oh, yeah, he, I actually said that off my head, but he did put that in there in parentheses. Uh, they absorb it, and then our brains process and interpret the color. Um, and to be clear, obviously, it's a reflection of light, so we never see the real color of yeah. something I, do, I, do we ever like i I've, I've like seen that debate or the debate it's like oh what if the colors that we see are different and i always like since like middle school my response has always been like who who cares what difference does it make yeah um <laughs> if, if color is not see, real yeah. i don't care i see it <laughs> yeah yeah take that hypotheticals and shit you know? yeah like plato's cave these shadows are real i'm seeing them <laughs> I actually did bring up, um, uh, I feel like, ah, oh, shit, this is a callback to nothing. <laughs> I'm, so, <laughs> cool. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Seinfeld. like a like a, a Greek myth or something, but I can't remember what the reference was, and I brought it up last night at the bar, and I don't know if I was like slightly tipsy of why I brought it up, but anyway. Well, you just you just love talking about Greek myths. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big old nerd, Spencer. Obviously, when when people go yeah. to bars, I'm not I'm not here to talk about your boy. You have your you have your Percy Jackson book out, and you're reading it at the bar. <laughs> that's that's absolutely right. You know, come on, man. And you're you're like, damn, this guy's wait, the son Percy, of Neptune. Holy, wait, Percy Jackson. He's he's like Zeus's kid, right? I don't know. I saw so wait, the, I saw the movie. Holy shit! I never Percy read the books. Ja- I don't know. I made this before. Percy Jackson. Perseus Jackson. That's that's probably what they're okay. doing. Like it's, probably, it's Perseus. probably it. Yeah. Or it could be Peter Jackson. Hey guys, I'm Peter Jackson. I've uh, King made... Kong. King Kong. <laughs> hey man, it's a very big gorilla. Let's bring him back to the United States. If he was in the movie, he <laughs> cast himself in the movie instead of like Adrian Brody or Jack Black. Yeah, yeah. Twas Beauty that killed the base man. By the way, the actress uh, in the original was a qu- trivia answer, and I couldn't think of it, uh, but someone random did, and it was oh. Faye Ray. What, the, like, ni- oh, Faye Ray? Yeah, that was the answer. Okay. The first, I don't think uh, I would have gotten it. Yeah, surprising, right? I mean, it's like, I've seen the original King Kong, but it's like, I don't know, it's been a long time, and it's like, I'm not, it's not one of those movies where I, I'm, like, super interested in going back and rewatching. I mean... Not that it was bad, it's just like, eh, you know. I mean, it's King Kong. Yeah, it's, I can I can watch I can watch Ready Player One for King Kong. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> That's all I need. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah, in the 1933 King Kong, there's no sequence where they have to drive backwards through New York City. So, <laughs> and then the T Rex on Jurassic Park's also there too. Yeah, I mean, there's no fucking DeLoreans in this movie. I don't know what's going on. Well, and also I hate the King Kong, the Peter Jackson King Kong movie because they have the fucking worms with like extender mouths. Awful. Yeah, I mean, that's what I do dis- think is disgusting. funny, or not, what I do think is like fun about What's the funny? the Percy Jackson, Percy Jackson, Peter Jackson, King <laughs> Kong movie is that they're like the plot of it is that they're like making the original movie, which I think is like pretty cool. Like they have scenes where they're shooting, they're shooting uh, it's like Tropic a movie Thunder, and it's, and it's well, and it's and it's like the dialogue from the original King Kong. Yeah. 
We gotta watch Peter Jackson 2005 King Kong again. And I, then I, and then I'll rewatch the original there after we go, I watch the Peter Jackson. Next, next bonus episode will be that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we've got here. Uh, uh, Eric says the as Spencer called out the human mind is one of the largest influences on color perception. Colors don't have universal meanings. Uh, you know, red people think red means power and good luck. There's also cultural stuff for this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Asia. Good luck. Those little, uh, those red envelopes. Not and, and to be clear, not every Asian country. I, I I should preface this. Not every Asian country yeah. does the uh, red envelopes. Um, and then of course, uh, like yeah, uh, like uh, Yen, Yanni. What's the fucking thing? Anyway, the the black and blue dress. Oh, that's day, right. You know? you know, we had the audio version of that, uh, like two yeah. years ago. Laurel, I think Laurel and Yanni. Laurel and Yanni, man. Um, yeah. And so, of course, uh, the infographics, we talk about color theory. And this is kind of a big one, too, where the, it's categorizing, organizing color. It's like the circle of fifths or like, you, like, you know, like based on the placement these colors weren't together like harmonious it's like a sliding mm-hmm. circ- you know thing where like the things next to it are s- whatever i don't know i don't fucking use color theory man i'm not a, i'm not I, i'm not a you're, designer you're getting mad yeah <laughs> fuck I, this col- col- colors making mad wait why is my screen red oh shit <laughs> yeah, it's That's like a it. bull thing you know Aggression. i figured out the i figured out the theory yeah uh but it's like achromatic colors are black and white where they contrast as opposed to complementary like blue and orange and yeah we've got we've got a lot of other cultural stuff you know you got yeah. i don't i don't know this one pliny the elder thought there was only black white red and yellow greeks thought that colors went from light to dark going yellow green red and finally blue ancient like i think my dream job would be a greek philosopher because it's like you just like say shit like you just like become like really like set on one thing yeah. and then you just never back down and I think I'd be good at that. I mean, isn't that what Plato did? Could be. <laughs> tell that to, tell the Shakespeare, man. I I mean, I think Plato is like I just I just like made shapes with it, so. <laughs> that's that's So I don't know. I don't know if it was thinking. <laughs> That's this. That's the that's the dumbest. This is I can't believe I'm starting my day with that one. That's that's almost as bad as like me and Scott watching a documentary about black holes. It said if it was near the Earth, it would tear up the Earth's crust and it would like expose like the mantle and like the lava. And then as he, as as um, who's who's the astronomer guy? Who's the uh, what's Neil the, deGrasse Tyson? Yeah, after he goes like a little like turning turning the Earth's crust into a literal hell on Earth, and Scott like walks up to me and goes. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> I just thought like this is so so dumb. I just like cried laughing. Yeah. Um. And then of course, uh, uh, some people believe certain colors are sinful, and he does. Eric, I never knew this, but indigenous people have been suffering for their colorful clothing. I mean, mm. you think of like the cool dyes you get from like plants, and then yeah. you're like, well, this is this is evil. You know, like, that's that's crazy. And I and um, I wonder what we if we still retain some of those ideas today. Yeah, cuz I mean he talks about <laughs> Herman Melville, American Protestantism, only yep. like wearing, yeah, only black and white uh was the only colors that were not considered sinful. Uh and I mean it's like I don't know if Eric talks about this, but something that I have found uh interesting is just like like how our perceptions of 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 color change throughout history. Like I, I wish I had thought of this before we started recording the episode, but I remember yeah. seeing a study, uh, like from a couple like a couple years ago, that like you know some colors are considered like more recent than others because like 
I think maybe like orange or something or like purple was just like lumped in with like other colors. Like purple was just blue. And so it wasn't until semi-recently that we developed like different names for these different colors. And then they kind of, you know, we were kind of able to uh, evaluate See, them. Does this go with why I love purple? Like where I always call every time, like, you know, like when before when you go on like dates and the girl goes, what's your favorite color or something? I go purple because it's like an edgier blue. In me, to my mind, it is similar, right? Like indigo. I like, mean, yeah, it's like you look at it. It's there. Yeah. Indigo or it's there. There are definitely there are definitely shades of, uh, of blue and purple that overlap. That's what I'm saying. And I was like, you know, we talk about why we like, and we will get to this later, why we like, you know, wearing navy suits over gray. It's because navy just has a depth of color, while as gray yeah. kind of just is like not. It's more of like a gradient, kind of like a just mm-hmm. absence of color. Well, I mean, it, I think it could depend on like, you know, if you get like a flannel with like a heathered gray or something. That's, and we'll get into the fabric too, yeah. you know. It's, it's, it's pretty, I mean, color, again, kudos to Eric for bringing this up because color is actually quite fascinating. Um, but yeah, other than the cultural connotations, obviously, uh, you know, the dyeing process is, is a big thing there. It's, you know, the apparently, I don't know this, the, uh, the more colors used in dyeing and, and death, uh, the <laughs> darker and muddy, I mean, yeah, dark, it's death, man, it's so dark. Uh, the, uh, so anyway, the more colors used, the darker and muddier the outcome is, and vibrant colors were most the most difficult to source manufacture, obviously, because mm-hmm. they are not existing in nature or they're in plant or, or the, the, the dyes are probably found in plants and herbs that you just, you know, it's not like fucking dirt. I mean, where's the, <laughs> where, let, let's see, like, I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but he talks about, like Eric says in purple, in the yeah. section on purple, purple, um, that nearly 250,000 snails would die for an ounce or would die for an ounce of dye. Yeah. So That's... think about how many goddamn snails you have to kill to, like, do an entire coat. Well, fuck snails, dude. Yeah, I hate them. Yeah, <laughs> we should, that's, that's why I only wear purple clothing. <laughs> Michael Hill, purple socks wear, famous snail hater. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, do you know how many snails had to die so that I could wear these socks? And then they Not keep enough. saying, we can make this synthetically. He goes, no, they've got to die. Kill more snails! <laughs> that's our impression of Michael Hill. Yeah, um, but yeah, let's let's snails. quickly go through some of these these colors here because we'll, we'll we'll get into how we wear them later. Um, but we've got white. Uh, apparently, it's li- okay. Lie makes sense. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. <laughs> uh, and chlorine and bleaching was popular, leading to our optic whites of today in the 17th century. Yellow mm-hmm. was reserved for Chinese royalty and derived from Chinese foxglove, laboriously pounded into silk. That's interesting. I mean, yes, yeah, like yellow silk stuff, like the embroidered, like being woven through a lot of like you know cultural garments is a pretty big thing yeah and you've got gold based on the highly rare and precious metal is that uh, your gold member impression yeah that is i love gold uh roman and european royalty was known to wear silk or linen threaded with gold i mean and also now oh, we eat it how luxurious and it's so dumb <laughs> yeah i why do we eat it i don't understand it i don't understand the gold flake thing it's like it's, it feels like it would just be uncomfortable in your mouth, you know, like eating see, paper or you know, something. Uh, maybe the more we look at this stuff, it's kind of like people love like excess people. Yeah. And it's like how what other excess is there than to add know, like, colors I, to something, you know, I, uh, deep down people like getting ripped off. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's like it's they just love being, undeniable. They love being financially cucked. Yeah, people love it. It's their favorite thing. 
You can't convince me otherwise. Look at everything around us. Everybody loves getting ripped off all the time. What's your what's your uh, most recent ripoff? Um, yesterday, I actually did have a really big ripoff yesterday. Oh, shit. Um, so I started writing for the school paper, and I was doing interviews on campus, and my tape recorder, like, I could, the tape recorder that I've had for a couple years, like, the USB thing, I think, is, is broken, and so I couldn't, like, plug it into a computer and transfer the files. So I was trying to get a micro SD card at the school library, uh, to try to transfer it out that way. They didn't have that, but they were selling another tape recorder and i'm like well i'm gonna have to fucking replace this one anyway might as well get it i bought it there's no way to transfer audio from that tape recorder to a pc by design i had to return it and they charged a stocking fee so i i still paid like 10 bucks for it that was that was my most recent ripoff <laughs> that's not a ripoff that's just that's it just... didn't say it on the package there was nothing on the package that indicated that you could not connect it to a PC. I had to open it and read the destru- oh, instructions to discover no, this. It's not a ripoff. That's just the shitty restocking fee shit. Like that's like a the ripoff. Re- it like- was a yeah. It was a ripoff. The restocking I mean- fee rip was a ripoff. I don't understand why they were selling a tape recorder where you could not transfer the audio off of the tape recorder. That's just a shitty product. That's like a bad design. That's what I'm saying. It's not a ripoff. Just it's just a bad to me ripoff to me ripoff is like you bought like you bought like hey I'm gonna get large fries you open it up and like the container is barely filled it's like fuck this dude that's that to me is a ripoff yeah um, anyway let's let's continue here uh, we got yeah orange Dutch orange Dutch orange sounds like a cool like like Star Wars name we got Dutch orange <laughs> Dutch orange that's a pilot name for sure yeah yeah <laughs> well Dutch is that's Gold Leader's name. Okay. Well, Actually, do we know his I, last name? Uh, no. Oh, I, I don't, okay, I'm I think sure it's orange. someone does. Ask uh, Pablo Hidalgo. I don't even know if he still works. Hey, Pablo. Pablo. Uh, made famous by William, a.k.a. Prince of Orange. Orange was a classically tricky dye to color fast, meaning it would fade quickly. That's, yeah, you know, that's kind of interesting. A, Eric shared an, uh, like an old portrait. An old portrait uh, in the old. Discord. Yeah, that's showing uh, that's showing like orange dye at different stages of fading, which I thought was really cool. Man, is orange the next uh, the next? You know, we got we got indigo. I mean, fades. dude, I like I like orange socks. Orange socks are uh, yeah, and we're gonna get. I, I love my orange pants. Uh, we got yeah. red, so we got different types of red. We got fluorescent pink. Uh, color happened to debut at the same time and championed by the punk movement. Kind of makes sense, you know, like the kind of neon pink. Um, we got matter. Hell yeah, dude. I'm matter madder. I'm madder uh, than I've ever been. Yeah. Uh, root, one of the first root dyes made popular by its synthetic production that came later, also known as Alizarin. Alizarin. Okay. Alzarin. I don't know. Al G Rhythm? <laughs> Al G Zarin is his, is his, uh, his cousin. This is his dad. <laughs> Marvin Berry? Marvin um, Berry. <laughs> listen to this. Uh, originally made from combining different plants, which informs the famous tie pattern. Hell yeah, it does. Matter is awesome. Also Burgundy. found in King Tut's tomb. Was King Tut trad? <laughs> the original trad, dude. Yeah, yeah, he died like a young person. Like, you know, he's rich. He's not. I bet. I bet he would have liked OCBDs if he had lived long enough. He would have worn them. 
King Tut, what are you wearing? It's called an OCBD, dude. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet, like the letter, die made of ground up insects. Good. Good. We're going to keep keep killing more insects for this Keep shit. killing them. Kermes? Kermit, the frog? <laughs> also known as the color of European royalty and English redcoats. Mm. Hell yeah, it is, dude. I mean... You uh, love you the redcoats. I mean, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... You think not, the wrong side won the war. Yeah, I'm a loyalist, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All hail Britannia. Uh, Cockneal, uh, probably the most well-known red dye on Earth, used by ancient Greeks. And Inca, even food dye... Ground up bugs, yeah. Fuck mm-hmm. the bugs, dude. Nantucket Reds, based on. The I don't like that it's in food dye, frankly. Yeah, uh, based on the Nantucket Reds, based on the Breton red pants of northern France, and made famous by Murray's Toggery Shop, and known for its lack of color fast. The fading is regarding regarded as essential to the color, obviously, because like we said, like you know, modern Nantucket Reds that you get, or you know, lowercase Nantucket Reds. Uh, that you find on, like, J. Crew is not the original one. Like, the original mm-hmm. one is, like, a very deep color that's supposed to fade by being out on your boat, man. Like, that's the Nantucket red. You gotta thing. work for the red. Yeah. Uh, you got purple, uh, the ty- uh, ty- tyrene purple, like you said, you know, the snails. Uh, blue, indigo from the uh, from the indigo plant, most color fast of natural dyes. You know, you see, you know, is workwear, mouse suit, blue jeans, etc. Ultramarine, hell yeah. I love all this, like... This cool name is those cool yeah. stuff. Uh, Silk Road Era Blue created with the semi-precious stone lapis, lapis, peepis, <laughs> and lapis lazuli would eventually be replaced by the cheaper Prussian Blue, and then of course the um, in the 20th century by Eves Klein's International Klein Blue. And I've got the navy for the uh, for the British and its remarkable color fastness in the salt and sun of a marine environment. I, I guess we'll have colors of the... I don't know if we need to actually notate these or if you guys find this interesting. I'll probably link to this document so you can look yeah. at it. I'm probably not going to write there, about there's this. Some, uh, there's some really good info in here. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Again, shout out Eric. Uh, man, He's even though he's paying to be in the Patreon, he's giving us information. Uh, <laughs> we got we got a couple more before we move on here. We got green, olive drab used by the U.S. Armed Forces in World War II. Um, we were replaced by the camouflage pattern during Vietnam. I think, well, I think yeah, I'd like know. to, I'd like to point out there, are, I guess, like, I mean, there's like the olive that was used in World War Two, which I think soldiers complained that was like too, uh, puke color. Oh, that's and so right. After, yeah, right. after, so if you look, if you look at like an M43 compared to like an M65, uh, they are the different yellow, shades yeah, of green. Yeah, the yellow yeah. is more yellowish and yeah, it definitely does not look as nice as like the Vietnam era greens and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, I mean, hey, even look at our HBT, uh, our HBT chore coats, the USMC ones. Those are definitely. Um, well, I mean, those, as we'll get into, those have also like just been like faded, and like the color has definitely changed over the last. But uh, compared to years. like our jungle jackets, That's they true, are definitely yeah. not the same green. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got the Kelly green used by spring grass colors used to celebrate St. Patrick's Day and a prep staple. Love Kelly green. I want more of that uh, in sweaters and knitwear and even maybe socks. For brown, it got khaki, a bar from the Urdu for word for dusty. Um, probably thought to have invented to look invisible in the land the land of dust. The land of dust. What are you talking about? Underneath my dresser? <laughs> this might be the most dumb like <laughs> like uh, We've gone jokes. off we got off on a bunch of tangents and I feel bad because there's a lot of good info in here. We're not <laughs> yeah. even past the like historical information we're half half an hour in yeah pie okay so pioneered the color uh, the idea of camouflage before olive drab obviously with the land of dust uh yeah. umber 
one of the oldest known pigments used by man and not bugs. Not uh, ladies. Fa- yeah, found on cave paintings of Altier and, and Lascaux. And they got black charcoal. Men's were popularity coincided with the rise of industrial revolution and the ever-present soot in urban areas. Tell that to the chimney sweeps. Um, Oi, chimney sweeps! Uh, a step in time. Uh, pitch black, you know, worn while, in the, while mourning. Well, he misspelled mourning here. I'm just going to point that out to Eric. Oh, wow. Uh, alongside blue in many Call cultures, today Vanta black is the most absorbent and darkest black. Um, we'll tell that to the dark, the black hole, man. Hell on earth. Hell on earth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, black is an interesting color. We'll get into that uh, for our how we wear it later on. Yeah. And then, of course, most of his... He's, he's citing sources here, so don't take our word for it. And don't, to, and don't take Eric's word for it. He's yeah. citing it from the fashion historian Cassia St. Clair, The Secret Lives of Color. And check out the it's color It's a sequel to theory. The Secret Life of Pets. <laughs> That's yeah. And, and secret, well, technically, a sequel also, to The Secret Life of Pets, too. Also stars uh, Louis C.K. They got him back. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah his first thing is i'm a dog and i'm back <laughs> uh yeah you thought i was voiced i know i was voiced by another guy in the last movie but my i'm, I'm back i and you know the thing is it's like he was voiced by Patton oswald the second one which i actually yeah. like i think is kind of better honestly like i like Patton I mean, oswald. He's, he's he's uh he's adept at playing animated animals yeah one as a as a chef another one as a like nervous dog who loves his owner the two types of animals. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, all your pets either are cooks or they love you. You can't be... Or they're nervous. Yeah, they're nervous. Exactly. By the way, that's also one movie that Martin Short is in. And huh. No, no. Not Martin Short. No, fucking Dana Carvey is in Secret okay. Life of Pets. And I'm like, wow, what's the last movie he's been in other than like this thing? You know, I think he's like... I don't know if you know if he's retired. Yeah. Um, and of course, uh, check out the color theory page of Wikipedia for more great info and color charts. And then I'll link all of this in the show notes, um, because I'm not I'm not writing about this. And as we'll <laughs> talk about, I don't really care much about color, and I don't really think about the historical aspects of it. It's interesting to know, but uh, to get into how me and Spencer do it, I think we kind of tie it to aesthetics. We think about the entire yeah. outfit overall, and probably um, the most. Um, the most we think about it, or at least the first thing we think about it, is formality. And that probably, again, ties to what um, to what Eric talked about, about like how certain colors are ascribed to certain things due to the dyes, you know, like like mm-hmm. black and, and, and white are very religious. So if we think about conservative, we think about like dark colors, black. Um, yeah. I mean, grays, I, you know, I, charcoal, I guess, I, guess I, I think about those connotations. Yeah, I think about those connotations if I'm doing... Um, like a more rugged look, then maybe I'll avoid wearing something that is like, yeah, super bright or like like purple, for example. Yeah. Um, or or I'm you'll like, or unless you won't I'm wear like, something too dark either. Exactly. Unless I'm like trying to uh, like subvert subvert mm. the like ruggedness or like military vibes or workwear vibes, whatever. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, like like you said, like you know, there are certain ways to exude certain certain aesthetics. So, like obviously for formality. We're thinking of like urban environments, the city, business, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes sense where a lot of the stuff, and again, that that's usually what a lot of hashtag menswear is about. So lots of dark yeah, blues, the, the famous, yeah. famous no brown in town rule, which exactly. I think some people still follow for some reason. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, fucking weird people, man. Um, 
And so, like, you know, it just kind of feels formal. A lot of, like, military dress stuff. A lot of, you know, again, frock coats, you know, uh, clergyman attire. It's it's black. It's dark colors. And so that kind of feels, mm. well, you know, professional. And then for country or, you know, for cash stuff, obviously a lot of browns. Lots of, like, lighter blue. Stuff, and, stu- and stuff that, like we said, like, like Eric said, uh, that would, would fade, right? Because these colors were not meant to or just were produced cheaply. And so if they, if they faded, they, you know they weren't meant to last you know they didn't pay for that privilege so of course lots of browns would do that lots of like indigo workwear stuff etc you know and and today i've obviously and when i say today i'm talking about like you know menswear of like you know 1890 onward like these 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 ideas of the connotations of, of, the, of the dyes have translated to the the clothing so of course mm-hmm. worsted ones will feel better as dark colors whereas textured stuff like tweed flannel would feel better as the browns and and the kind of more you know again like country casual colors yeah i mean because you know you've you we've seen like yeah we've seen like shiny shark skin suits that are trying to be uh like more casual with like a brown or like a like a khaki or whatever and it all it always kind of looks a little bit weird exactly you know and it's it's because like nowadays um you know color is kind of more fun but historically you know like you also got like warm versus cold colors which also kind of work with the environment you know warm feels a lot more of course depending on like the exact warmth like talking about like oranges and browns and stuff it's probably more country and cold again stark the stark feeling of of buildings so this is something kiyoshi on the stream has talked about where because he lives in chicago and he works in like the city it makes more sense to have a colder palette you know which means yeah. dark again dark blues maybe some whites though um sleek stuff you know um and and thinking about how color can kind of exude or play into the environment is kind of like a i wouldn't say a new idea but now that now that people are more versatile in their in their environment, like you know, you got the digital nomads who you know work wherever they want, kind of stuff. Yeah. These these ideas kind of start to don't make as much sense anymore, and you know, it gets more subversive as people can are free to use color. As 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 Eric said, yeah. you know, as dyes became much more available, you don't you know you don't have to be rich to have a purple like purple socks and, like we have. Those, and I mean, you know? we we we've talked about this before with many other topics, but the idea of yeah, like completely like just dressing for yourself is is pretty new because if you look through i mean you look through the document that eric sent us like almost all these dyes other than of course like the indigos and the browns and the khakis were like tied to a certain profession or like exactly like status in society so it's like yeah if, like even though you really liked red you would not be able to wear red unless you were like you know a noble or whatever exactly um, and and so i i always yeah i always think it's interesting to think of uh, the history of clothing in those terms, right? And 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 even though it is pretty normal to ha- you know nowadays, you also have like go to hell, which was kind of a a more, you know, you know fifties sixties kind of a thing. I mean, we mm-hmm. they did have fun colors. Like I had a purple, um, peak lapel jacket from the nineteen twenties. You know, and that's kind of and it was a deep purple. It wasn't like a you know like a more it wasn't like lavender or anything that you would see in like the preppier times but you know people did still wear menswear that was kind of colorful but you know in terms of uh you know with go to hell like the idea was that you were taking something this is my understanding of it this 
you know, Berkeley, I'm sorry. Uh, but to me, it was it's, the appeal was that you're wearing something kind of normal, like a Shetland sweater or chinos, but they were in like some crazy vibrant color. Where they're like, you know, tartan pants and board whatever. Yeah. And the idea was like you're taking something normal and just subverting it by injecting color into it. It's almost, it's silly. It's like a departure from the norm to signify that, you know, you're off duty or that, you know, you mm-hmm. had, again, you had gone to hell, you had gone to work and now you I, are free. I always, I always think about this like... Uh, Vin- like this French vintage collector that would occasionally come to California to go to like Benny's parties. And he had like a pair of trousers, which were just like pretty standard, like fifties, like Hollywood waist pants. Yeah. But like one red, one leg was like bright red and the other one was bright blue. And like, yeah, just shit like that is just like, is just, uh, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so yeah, it's fun. And we'll talk more about that kind of stuff. But again, for, for us, we tend to, t- to tie our choice of colors to eras and aesthetic vibes, um, at least when it comes to tailoring. Yeah. You know, uh, like I mentioned said earlier, a lot of, of tailoring was pretty <clears throat> standard. There are a lot of fun stuff that we'll include as pictures in the in the show notes, you know, like lots of like novelty suits, plaids and everything like that. But, you know, it was it wasn't. I don't, to me, like with Esquire, it seemed a lot more tasteful as opposed yeah. to maybe now or maybe like the 60s where, where the idea was to be more tacky. So, you know, there, even though you could you could have like a purple jacket, but maybe it's like corduroy or whatever, or like a dark, like herringbone twill wool, this is what, which is what my old ni- uh, 1920s jacket was. But you had like, you know, like, like orange and brown tweeds, you know, you had like green with like yellow fleck Donegal mm-hmm. tweeds and flannel, stuff like that. You know, you had differing shades of khaki, you had like shadow stripe, very corporate stuff. And the idea though is on these ones, because the worsteds weren't as, fa- um, they weren't spun as in the same fine way that we do now, the heft and, and density and the, the and there's more texture to them, so it doesn't yeah. feel when you see the examples. It doesn't feel as loud. And so for us, when we were collecting, I mean, I think I think a lot of that. Of, think it, about that. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that, and you can debate where, like, I guess pattern can fit into color theory. But yeah. even even the bolder like vintage suits, um, I I don't know. Like, I think I think a lot of it is still from the pattern, not necessarily the colors. Because even in, in the multi stripes, they they're not like super fluorescent or like out there colors necessarily. Right. Um, I I think maybe yeah. I think a lot of the, a lot of like you know it, it's the the colors were pretty standard, but the patterns were more out there. Right. Than what you would see today. Yeah, and that's the and then we talked about the Esquire Man where there's a lot of emphasis on patterns. That's what the Esquire Man yeah. was all about. But then you get to like the late 40s and 50s where you get a lot more solids. Guys started wearing solids because like the swing era, you know, bold look stuff like that. Where you're wearing like pastels, like sport shirts, and and especially said here the Kodachrome colors on rayon shirts. You know, yeah. and we I I don't have a lot of rayon sh- I mean I do but like I don't have like the bold colors but like like red like the ver- various types of reds blues mm-hmm. greens and it, it just looks so good on like gabardine you know where like this like again really not shiny it's almost like you know it's it, well it's it, like a dusty like kind of um, yeah and a, maybe that's because a little bit faded, I yeah. mean a little bit yeah I, I, I was gonna say like I think a lot of that is because they're like old and faded yeah but um I mean, the, the colors that you can get on these, like, vintage uh, rayon shirts kind of remind me, like, I guess in tone of the, like, the colors that work really well with, like, corduroy. Exactly. And we'll talk about that, too. 
And then with sex, oh, the six sex, the sixties, uh, the sixties, you get the rise of trad yeah. and and Ivy, where you know you got a lot more corporate colors, more safe stuff. But then you also have like, like the fun, like the fun stuff. Like you get the rise of like the, I would say maybe even like the regal colors, but translated mm-hmm. to like wasp and prep, where like you get like red blazers. You know, it's kind of very English yeah. for like writing. I mean, it's stuff. like it's funny. Like we were in our Discord, we just had someone. Uh, get talked to at work for wearing a green suit mm. and i i know that this is television and not reality but you watch the first couple seasons of Mad Men, like guys are wearing dark olive suits like all the time these like kind of like very bright blues like not navy not like postman blue but very like vibrant so yeah it's you know it, it's um it's unfortunate it, it's, it's unfortunate that we've lost that well, I mean, that's what we were saying. Like, Esquire, man, like, these guys' business, like, even, like, the idea, even if regular guys didn't do it, like, like the people dictating this stuff wanted people to dress fun and bold. And mm-hmm. and with the 60s, I mean, if you do find, like, photographs and, and illustrations, people still, like, you know, yeah, you do, you do have, like, red blazers and green blazers. Like, the masters, for God's sake, whereas, like, the whole idea is, like, the green, like, yeah. the preppy green blazer, you know? And, and and people wore, like, tartan trousers and shit, you know? And I would say, look at Berkeley Breeds. Like, if you could get colors on stuff, I'm sure you would see a lot of colors, you know, in the, in the tartans and the sweaters, knitwear, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know what happened where tailoring finally said, you know what, we're only going to be boring from now on. You yeah, know. just charcoal and navy and nothing else. Yeah. And, like, in the late 60s and 70s, he obviously exploded use of color, more designer influence there, fun, groovy, hippies, you know, rock and roll, you know? You you, you got, like, a lot of, this is where browns and oranges came in against black, the kind of retro look, but then you got, like, the lavenders and greens, you know? Fucking, like, Scooby-Doo shit, you know? Like, it's... A lot of, a lot of earth tones. A lot of earth tones. A lot of, like, again, more, you know, and even then, kind of, like, pastel colors in conjunction with earth tones, you know? Yeah. And in the 80s, 90s, you still do get pastels. I mean, the fucking fun shirt. You see, uh, 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 what's it called? Um, Wolf of Wall Street, you know? Yeah. He's wearing the OCBD. He's wearing the, like, fun shirt with the, the faded... Or, it's like, how about the scene where he's on the fucking yacht and he's wearing, like, the like the white polo and shit? Or, like, you know, like, all the... Yeah, it's like when you think of the 80s prep look, it's all pastel pinks and blues and shit like that. Yeah, tied sweater, like, you know, like green polo shirt with like a tied pink, you know, sweater on top. And then Mm. when you think of like the power look too, where it's a lot of like blue pinstripes and black pinstripes and then with like and really not, not vibrant like, like not a super deep navy that like looks almost black like a lot of business suits, but like a, a real blue. Yeah, exactly. You know, power blue suits with the fo- power foulard ties, the blue and blue and reds, blue and blacks, and then of course the like the yellow and black ties. Those like the kind of cream foulard ties. It's yeah. so like you know Wall Street iconic. You know, and like again, thinking about clothing in terms of that makes it a lot more interesting. It kind of frees you to as you develop a POV to kind of use color in that way. It's not, you know, we never think about, okay, we're going to wear a red shirt today. Like, it's more like, what, what is this look? What is the basis behind this, this vibe that we're going for? Is it, you know, is it tailoring of those eras? Or as we'll get into right now, you know, kind of like, uh, like World War II stuff, you know, the, and, and, and are we playing with how clothes fade, right? Like World mm-hmm. War II, HBT, they're all one color but you know as you find stuff now uh, you know even even the between eras obviously there's a difference in dyeing but 
based on the age of the garment. Yeah, or just like wear it like I have I have like a bunch of like HBT stuff and it's all different colors based on you know where the person wearing it was deployed like I have like something that's like I don't know like a much saltier green that I always imagine salty green like some yeah like someone near the like near the coast was wearing this or whatever like it got a lot of sea air and then I have some that are darker that I'm like okay maybe this was like dead stock or just like was on on base or whatever I mean it's it's like fun to think about yeah it's what I do for fun I sit in a room and I think about uh, the color of my clothes. So maybe we do think about this a lot. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, you said here, when clothing gives, when clothing ages, gives you a sense of ownership. And so... Like, yeah, I mean, no, yeah, it's like if you, yeah, when you have like, you know, we've talked about the Nantucket Reds, or if you have like a pair of, of jeans, um, when it breaks in and it like starts fading, it like, you know, it like literally shows like mm-hmm. the form of your body in, in, with like stuff like denim. It just like makes you feel like you own it more. It's like this is yours. You can see it by looking at it. Like Absolutely. you can see where it's been and shit like that. It, 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 and it's, yeah, it's more. It's visually interesting. It's more three dimensional than like a flat kind of. Uh, a flat for, color. Like for example, like my uh, HBT chore coat that I got from uh, Mister Freedom, the Navy one. When I got it, it was like I mean they they designed that or they used like a special dye that like fades more quickly. Um, color but fast. like yeah, when I first. Yeah, when I first got it, it was just a very dark navy, which I, I didn't really like as much. But yeah, after wearing it for like a week straight, like washing it once or twice, it's faded a lot more. And I and it's, it's yeah, just much, I like it a lot more. Yeah, see, I mean... There's just a lot like, more, yeah, there's like a variety in the colors. It's like, I, I don't know, it's like deeper. Yeah, it's just, like I said, more three-dimensional. And that's and that's kind of a big thing to think about with color, too. Like, as you, as you expand to use it with casual stuff, you know, I personally, I don't like it, you know, like... Suits are one thing for casual, like like uh, red t-shirts, not okay, or a red sweater sweatshirt is not, you know, it's kind of whatever. But like when it fades, it's kind of interesting. I mean, even even a lot of like, as we said this before, our friend Doug had a vintage like '60s sweatshirt that he got dead stock, pure red, and he's like, "I'm gonna fade this, and it will sell for more money because people love it." Yeah. And I'm like, "God, I mean, I get it, but I'd I'd rather you know again do it myself. I'd rather do it myself. Before. Yeah, the ownership, but." Again, there's a lot of different ways you can think of with clothing and 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 um, when you think about it in terms of aesthetics, you can use color to point to certain things. Like I think that's kind of the basis of my casual alternative, you know, to tailoring approach where like, okay, I'm not wearing a suit, but if I wear a matching color shorts and chore coat it's like a suit you know mm-hmm. or for example if you did like a a, a brown jack brown sport coat with olive trousers yeah it seems like very country trad but to me also and i'm sure this also plays into the country thing too it feels vaguely military in its in its color combination and like that's one because you know we wear like you know with like the brown tunic with the green you know fucking military dress pants like that's kind of a thing or or wearing an all green corduroy you know if you wear that with like a military with like a work mm-hmm. shirt kind of feels like you're wearing, you know, like and, a like green like military greens with a with a fucking uh, military tunic shirt. And as we've said before, kind of like recognizing like just doing this like pattern recognition and like I don't know, like I guess categorization of menswear. It can if you if you think about it that way, it can help you uh like yeah, it can help you like pick out colors, pick out outfits depending on 
Like, if you recognize, oh, this is kind of vaguely military, like, you know, military-esque, like, you can either lean into it or subvert it. Yeah, And knowing exactly. knowing the connotations of color and, like, kind of the historical context around it, um, <clears throat> I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you get dressed in the morning. Yeah, I mean, again, it's all about kind of finding more sources of inspiration, right? Because, like, yeah. and, and, you know, like, I, I, I think I've said this before, like, where I don't, maybe I don't necessarily repeat outfits but i do repeat ideas and sometimes injecting color is a good way to be like okay well here's how i'm spinning this on its head like i could wear like a totally tread outfit with white socks and be you know ivy right or if you do a tread outfit with purple socks oh all of a sudden now it's drake's you know like there's you know if you think about that or or even then it's like oh i'm gonna wear it with with red socks and i want to be like more regal or or you wear it with green socks to be like Christmas time, you know, there's a lot of different ways to think about, you know, these cultural connotations, both, you know, in, in, in general culture and for your own personal mindset of how you attribute color to a certain ideas. So it makes it, again, a lot more interesting in how you how you do it, uh, giving more ammunition to your inspiration arsenal, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> your, your fashion gun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to shoot you with the fashion gun. Yeah. Um, but then of course... Um, like like Eric said, not all clothing had the ability to have certain colors, but now we have the you know with synthetics and and the you know the availability of dyeing, we are able to have a lot more colors. Like flannel and tweeds, ob- obviously seem to to work a lot with like more f- interesting color dyes, and they seem to be a lot mm-hmm. better. Like like Spencer said, with with a corduroy, purple and corduroy feels more dusty and it feels more wearable. Because of the, the the whales and the texture, the visual texture on it, purple worsted's kind of uh, I don't know, like it's a little too yeah. smooth, it's a little too plain, and 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 you notice the color a lot more. You know, there's well, no, I mean, you know, no corduroy being a more casual fabric, I think also kind of like can dress down the <laughs> quote unquote more regal or like formal colors. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know exactly. It just those jewel tones. You know, mm-hmm. you ever think that the the royals were like. They saw like they they mined some ruby and they're like, bring me this color. I want to wear this color. You know. Yeah, they they, they told their alchemist uh, to synthesize the color from. They the said rock. mashing bugs. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck. Bugs. I hope no one finds out that this isn't magic. <laughs> That's Mag- the alchemist. Speaking. What you call magic, we call science. Yeah, that's a little. I think that's Thor. I think I don't know. It seems like it could be Thor. Did Thor say that? No, I you know I haven't seen I haven't seen the first Thor movie. I still ever? Have, I've never seen it. No, never. Oh, I love it. I like that like probably the most out of all of them. I love because yeah. that's it, I think that's the only since, like MCU yeah. movie pre Endgame that I never saw. I just never bothered because I also I might have if Disney Plus was around by the time that Endgame was coming out. Yeah. But because I did, I would have to like pay for the movie or like pirate it, which even I didn't want to. I didn't care that much. <laughs> Did I tell you the the movie I got caught pirating was Megamind? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, and because I, I love the score to it, man. It's, yeah, it's so good. Um, but yeah, like worsted wools, kind of you know they don't and pl- and plain cotton. Sometimes they look cheesy. Sometimes they're fine. Like like I think cotton twills in like vibrant like Kelly green is kind of fun when yeah. you're prep. But if you're trying to again, if you're trying to go for a more conservative work look, it doesn't really work in that way. You know, like again, green worsted wool suits not really not really that great. But green flannel, green tweed seems to be a lot better. Yeah. And I would say it's fun to even spin on that where you do flannels and tweeds in city colors like navy flannel or black 
or black. Oh, yeah, I think, you know, yeah, navy black. flannel, I think, is, like, beautiful. Yeah, um, exactly. Or navy tweed also. I mean, people do that, yeah. too. Because, like, yeah, the little, same. like, marls of, of, like, you know, of the threads or the cloth kind of give off a donegal flavor almost sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes, you know, I, I it seems that the, the dye isn't, like, distributed evenly or maybe there's like black yeah. dye mixed and I mean, in you as know, well i don't know you also going back to like 1930s menswear there was like a lot of really great like navy i've seen a lot of like you know really beautiful like navy flecked tweeds or mm-hmm. like navy with a subtle herringbone which again like it kind of gives it that like three dimensions of color where it's exactly it's not it's not just like you know one shade all throughout you get and, you get a lot of variety and again back then like we talk about like, all these like oh well he had to wear a dark navy for um for for work back i mean i had like a a, a, a like very like blue tweed jacket back in from the 30s remember that one like i wore it a couple mm-hmm. times that was like really really great my and, and and it's just i don't know it's just proof like you said earlier like people had a lot more like people had more fun with the clothing or maybe the manufacturers did because you we have examples of it. We have seen true vintage where the colors are vibrant or there's a mixture yeah. of different colors in there. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome um, to, to kind of, and, and sad that we don't really approach it this way outside of like bespoke. And even then the people who commissioned bespoke don't take advantage of <laughs> that, you know? Yeah. Um. So like, let's, let's kind of just finish off here last maybe, you know, 20, 30 minutes of this, but how we actually do it for ourselves, you know, in practice, not just like in general, like, do you, when you make the outfit, do you think about color? So most of the time I'm basing an outfit around a specific piece. Mm-hmm. Um, although if I like, say, I don't know, like. If I don't, if I, if there are things in the wash or if I don't like how anything is like, like say I pick a Navy jacket and I don't like how any of my shirts look with it, then I will pick a different color, but I don't think that's the, the first, uh, the first like point in my decision-making process. I kind of think like what jacket or shirt or pair of pants would I like to like build the outfit around? And it's not really, I'd like to wear this color because of course, as we'll get in, uh, get into uh frankly a lot of my c- clothes are the same color <laughs> um so it's like not it's not you know it's just not as um big a decision for me yeah i would say i'm kind of similar in a sense i feel like maybe it's inherent um something i i, I mentioned to spencer before we started this is like i think it goes in two ways right like either i'm basing an out like a basing an outfit around a specific piece and that sometimes there is color involved like i want to wear purple socks today i want to wear my purple corduroy suit etc or i don't think about it as much and i just wear things that call out to me it's not really about color but color happens as i try and figure out what works with it yeah Sometimes, as Spencer also said earlier, it might be more of a pattern thing than a color thing. You know, like, I want to wear blue, but maybe that particular, you know, vibrant blue stripe doesn't work against this equally striped shirt. Maybe I have to do, like, a wider stripe. And then, of course, we're limited to our clothing where I don't have every variation of pattern in every variation of color. So, like, I might have, like, okay, well, I should wear a wider striped tie, but, oh, I don't have a right like you know a right color that works with this like you know i don't want to wear i don't know maybe if i'm wearing like a red striped shirt i might want to wear a striped tie but maybe my striped ties are too similar in red so maybe i have to go for a foulard instead stuff like that i don't know 
Um, mm-hmm. But all that stuff is like I mean, it's micro like, it's, decisions. It's all micro. Yeah, I was going to say these are. Th- this is how I know. I like. Yeah, this is how I get dressed. It's just a series of micro decisions. Yeah, and, and it happens. And like as I hold it, I like decide in that moment. You know, it's not like. like a, yeah, I think whenever I'm not comparing whenever comparing it, you know, whenever I talk about my process of getting dressed, like with people, I think sometimes they can think it's exhausting because, like I said, like oh, I we, can. Oh, sometimes... we get that a lot. We can. Yeah, it's like I I will like you know just take like three or four shirts out of the closet and just be like oh which one but it's like it doesn't take me like 20 minutes it's like it's still like you know 10 minutes total getting dressed um I th- it I, is a, yeah. it is a pain putting everything back afterwards i mean the that biggest, is the only thing that's the biggest a pain thing in the is ass. what do you want to look like right i mean it's kind yeah. of like and as i said here this is what i think about where it's like what what colors are in if 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 color is is in the conversation here in the micro decisions it's what colors are in the look that i'm going for yeah you know if i'm going for trad like straightforward trad maybe avoid like i don't know certain colors even though trad i mean again depending on trad but if you're doing like ivy prep you can incorporate some Nantucket red or some pink or or, or whatever. Or if I, am I doing a 30s version of this? Am I going to go for, you know, like, you know, some dark brown checks, hounds to stuff like that with like blue foulards? Or am I doing like a more Drake's thing where like I'm doing trad but with like a, you know, a, a colorful jumper or some or colorful mm-hmm. socks? You know, that's that's probably how it is. Um, I would say my color palette, you know, Spencer, you said like navy and green and maybe some brown in there. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like I... I I did this, so I did this, like, um, so it was easier to find jackets in my closet. I, like, arranged my jackets roughly by color. Interesting. Uh, okay. So I, I just started doing that because, again, like, it's it's just my clo- I have a lot of clothes in my closet. It's not the most organized. This is, like, the furthest yeah. I'll go in terms of organization, basically. But it's, like, yeah, I have, I look in my closet and I'm, like, damn, I have a lot of uh, tan and green jackets. <laughs> And then I look in my in my shirt closet, with I mean, which is just the other half of my jacket closet, I guess. Um, and I'm like, man, I have a lot of blue shirts. Uh, so it's just something. It's just something that happens. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm kind of the same way. Where obviously my favorite shirt is the blue striped shirt. It's mainly because it's striped in that reverse stripe way. But blue also is kind of a neutral that, again, as mm-hmm. we said, like if we talk about like gray versus blue, I like blue because there's more depth to it. Also, gray shirts as a as a striped shirt seem boring as hell to me. I don't know. Like, and so I like it's it could more de- Like, I think maybe like a gray Oxford University stripe. I I know all depends. He would like it that. It depends on the gray. I'm not I'm not into it. I don't know. It seems okay. to. I'm not a big fan of gray as much. Um but you know, like there's, I don't know. I I'm trying to think more about like my color combination. I mean, I have, I have favorite combinations that go with it. I but if I think of again, if terms of like general color palette, obviously lots of blue jackets, lots of blue shirts. You know, I think my tailoring leans heavily on blue and brown and variations thereof. Mm-hmm. It just seems cooler. It's kind of more like, and I'm very, tr- I'm more trad or sometimes sometimes corporate. So like, it's fun to introduce tr- uh, trad or country colors to business attire or conserve yeah. more conservative attire because i don't i'm not really one for like to wearing like tweeds and corduroys all the time like, i'll do like tweeds and like gray flannel trousers but like not in the same like i'm not like a vibranty like hunting tweed guy where there's like mm-hmm. fucking you're like, not wearing like a like a big green scarf with dogs on it exactly i'm like yeah i'm not you're not you're not wearing like a tan corduroy vest with yeah your, 
with your suit? It's fair. I mean, again, the answer is, is just Esquire Man, and the colors there are still very blue, brown, you know, stuff like that. My casual, I do like to have a lot of colors in casual. Again, mainly more in like the, I'll say blue base, but I'm trying to break out of that. Like, we're wearing a lot of my red shirts lately, um, which has been interesting. But going out wise, I, I think it's black. That's like my favorite color for going out. And as Spencer has mm. said, he doesn't, you don't, dude, you gotta own black, man. I know, I know. It's like, I mean, it's hard because it's like, I, like, I've discovered that I'm like, nah, I just like mostly still like, I like a lot of vintage clothes and there's yeah. not as much vintage black clothing. And the, what, the, like, what is out there is expensive because everyone realizes it's cool and everyone wants it. Yeah. Yeah, vintage. I mean, that's one thing too. Where like you think of all the all, also the other connotations of it. You know, black is sexy. You know, red is regal. Purple is kind of like fun, a fun version of blue. Um, and yeah, it, it can be kind of tough. Um, I'll, I'll quickly on black stuff. Uh, I think that you know, black shirt used to get a bad rap. You know, obviously as like the going out shirt or like the prom shirt because it's like when it's like what polyester stretch cotton yeah. or whatever for h&m but then when you like a black oxford shirt i don't know what it is i you know we talk about subversion taking something trad and taking the and putting colors that don't really make sense for it are fucking awesome like a black ocvd sounds kind of mm-hmm. sick you know that is pretty cool i mean it, it's kind of like the trad version of like black western shirts like with gabardine black is very popular for like western clothing you see some of the embroidery is black you find that on top like on a on like a brown i mean yeah suit. it's like you know like johnny cash the man in black it's exactly. like a classic like cowboy trip. you know like again like I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily about the color but like about like again the vibe of like, i yeah and i think for. that's i think that might be my issue because one of the few pieces of black clothing i own is like uh, a shawl collar jacket that I think is engineered jack or engineered jackets, engineered garments that I got yeah. from the put this on holiday sale like years and years ago. Um, and it's like, like construction wise and design, I think it looks really cool. It's like a shawl collar. It's got a little loop. It's got like three like patch pockets, but I, I don't know. I think the fact that it's like black, which is a lot slicker than a lot of the stuff that I own and also cashmere, of course, which is like a more like formal um, fabric. It just doesn't mesh with my wardrobe. But if I had like a black denim Western shirt or a black, I guess like rayon shirt or something, I feel like I'd be able to wear that a lot more easily. Yeah, I, I'm like, dude, I could think of a couple outfits if it, if it fit me. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> I, I think you're too tall, dude. I think it's huge. I think okay. it's too, too big. But yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things, and some, some and a lot of people are intimidated by color sometimes, like and like you said, you know, like it doesn't always match. So that's kind of the fun of, of figuring out what what works. Um, I really want I quickly want to talk about skin tone real quick. Um, I don't think we think about it. I think it's also inherent in the micro decisions that we make. Um, I don't think you know too much like oh, is this work for my brownish kind of skin? Um, I don't think openly about that, but I'm pretty sure I like certain browns. Because I think those browns are cooler, but and they just happen to work with my skin tone. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like darker chocolate browns and light khakis, yellowish khakis. I don't like the middling colors, you know. And maybe I don't like it because it's boring to me, or because my skin doesn't work with it. You know, I yeah. don't, I don't know. I, I also don't really wear a lot of pastels too much outside of like university stripes, like the faded ones. I, I don't know. Again, I I don't know if that's because of my skin or because I just don't like pastels. Like, and I don't really do the '80s prep or you know stereotypical prep look very often. You know, um, it's crazy stuff. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe this is my uh, privilege talking as a white guy. But I think with uh, a lot of the complexion stuff, like I've seen like GQ infographics where it's like, like pale men should never wear, I don't know, like, like red or something. And I, I always thought that that was like, I don't know, maybe like don't wear an entire red outfit, but that like that kind of stuff where it's like just such a categorical, like don't ever do this uh, yeah. always seems weird to me. I mean, because it's like, I think we always find ways to make it work. Yeah, because again, if it's like, yeah, like I'm sure that there are colors that I don't think would look good on me as a jacket or shirt or something or suit. But I could wear it as a tie or pocket square or socks or like, you know, some accent in, in my outfit. Yeah. And it's fine. I think, That's... yeah, maybe just... Or even... Like, I'm yeah. sure that this stuff exists, but like, or I mean, yeah, like there are certain colors that are going to look better on certain skin tones. But I don't think you need to put as much emphasis in it as some people uh, as some people say. Yeah, it's, it's always either skin tone or like the, again, the pretty outdated or the dumb way i should say of thinking about attributing colors to like moods or whatever i think it's better to think about the how they attribute to certain looks like i like i said earlier with the black shirts i totally get why menswear says no black shirts because it's like you know again the prom look but then now we're seeing people wear it you know in terms of like like black denim shirts or black sham or not chambrays but like black oxford black um rayon black linens stuff like that where there's ways to kind of get around it to kind of spin those old ideas on its head and like you know for example like uh, like my my i have like a very dark green excuse me take a shot a dark green uh what do you call it oxford shirt that i got true mm-hmm. vintage 60s i also have like a 50s mcgregor green rayon shirt that's really cool and they they seem a lot better they don't feel like the h&m shirts that are just solid colors you know from 2012 like they feel more real to me and you know it's also because again like how we want to use colors to make those vibes and and finding a way to introduce colors to it with in terms of like the material or specific item like Spencer said like sometimes if you want to wear green wear it as a sock or a knitwear don't wear a green suit instead or whatever don't wear you know don't wear a green solid green tie but maybe get like a green rep stripe tie or something mm-hmm. like that there's different ways obviously and with classic menswear um i feel and, and vintage and whatever the hell we mean by menswear there's a lot of ways to kind of approach color that kind of makes sense you know bandanas scarves ties bengal yeah. striped shirts fun shirts there's like you know the more you think about it the more the more fun you can have with it that isn't so like boring and and infographic heavy with solids you know it's so outdated and yeah you just got to expand a little bit on that um before we close out do we have any um color combos that are our favorites because i you know like are any like Maybe just kind of talking about um, the colors like to wear and how you wear them and stuff. I mean, you know, I love white pants. That is something that That's, I have loved yeah. for such white, a long time. You know, time. it kind of feels like I, I, I'm writing about this in the essay, but like white to me feels not just like clean, but like navel mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, and, and I mean, I was going to say I, I was going to say that but now because it's like I, I do like doing the kind of like nautical look like um, I, I like. So I like tying in. <laughs> Like, I guess, like, my style with, like, the, you know, like, my environment where I live. I live really close to the beach. So during the summer, I kind of like doing those, like, nautical or, like, longshoreman looks. 
um, mm. which you would all, you know, you always see like old photos of like dock workers wearing white pants or of course, like sailors, like in, like in the, in the war in the Navy, whatever, wear white pants. Um, and also, I mean, just like white or cream, uh, is a very neutral color, uh, and easy to wear with things. I will say I don't like pure white. I like cream. Of course. Not, not like, uh, not pure white, but, um. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks really good with navies and olives, which I said are a lot of my outerwear colors. So, yeah, any any other stuff besides white? I mean, you, know, you mentioned like greens and browns. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, I really Blue. like um, I like navy and olive together. Um, I kind of like doing like the kind of frumpy brown and khaki, but trying to make it look less frumpy somehow. Um, or at least just like make it look more, I don't know, like retro, <laughs> retro chic. Yeah. You know, I mean, like I said, I think I like wearing lots of browns. You know, I think we're going to have a, an episode, hopefully before the year's over with our friend John and like the going out, the sexy look that we we've been kind of hinting at also with how we've been hanging out and going out to bars and stuff. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think a lot of the color stuff kind of comes into maybe subverting the colors. Like I've been lucky to find vintage, like I said, plenty of times over this episode, like colors that you wouldn't normally find in like menswear and kind of, you know, wearing it like the black rayon shirt, the, um, uh, like a black camp collar shirt or, or whatever, or the, the, the green Western shirt, like stuff like that. I think are really cool to juxtapose against the ideas of regular tailoring blues, mm-hmm. um, navies, grays and khakis. Um, you kind kind of to me like that's kind of fun. So like, there's a lot of like juxtaposition of brown and blue against, or even you know flannel, gray flannel, mid gray, um, and those kind of fun colors. Uh, in terms of menswear stuff, I don't really like doing the the security guard look of gray and blue. Again, that's you know cult connotation. It's very military esque. Very you know security guard it's it's boring it's standard and i don't like doing that instead i kind of added in the country aspect where i wear navy blue jackets with brown trousers not khaki like kind of mid to chocolate brown that's what i like to do it kind of puts it on the head a little bit and then that combination because it's not as straightforward or corporate can kind of feel easier to incorporate more fun things denim shirts there mm-hmm. um you know uh, work shirts, fun shirts, uh, rayon shirts. So that kind of makes more sense as opposed to like yeah. taking the security guard look and injecting a fun or fun or a casual atom um, inherently, which you still can do. It's still more fun if the colors you're using aren't as hard set. Uh, and another example is wearing gray jackets with brown pants. Um, I, I like to do that a lot. Brown jackets and gray trousers might be a little bit more trad and very Esquire man, yeah. but that's, something i like to kind of play into it's again it's not about you know i I, yeah i don't know i mean i like i like the brown and and gray look yeah just because it's i know it's like yeah it's like a more elegant way of wearing a brown jacket as opposed to going the full like country look or like ivy professor you know like uh angle exactly you know so again thinking about in terms of the subverting the aesthetics and everything um for me i like wearing burgundy ties I don't know why that is. It just looks really good against blue, red, white, and blue. I don't know. I yeah, burgundy ties are great. I mean, because it's like you don't, it's you don't typically wear burgundy suits. So it's like my thing was always like, 
if I have, like, you know, theoretically, you could have, like, two burgundy ties or whatever, maybe even just one, mm-hmm. uh, and wear it with almost any suit. Yeah, it looks it looks really good against, against certain stuff. I mean, it's, you know... With the burgundy foulard, it just it just feels easy. I mean, it's pretty co- like most foulard ties are burgundy. You, you don't really mm. see like n- blue base ones, or maybe you see some green. Um, green is also great as a tie, um, you know, in paisleys and stuff like that. And lately, again, like you see, I've been getting kind of into tonal looks, wearing a lot of brown ties and like my solid navy ties to kind of play into the monochromatic look. Monochromatic is something that Spencer and I don't really do too much, but it's still kind of fun to think about, you know, especially when everyone's doing it these days. Yeah, especially when it's simpler too. like, oh, denim on denim or, you know, denim charcoat with with jeans to make like a like a pseudo suit or something like that, you know. Um, And uh, yeah, tailoring is, you know, again, pretty conservative with my fun shirts and military stuff. I like to or casual wear. I like to find some fun items like my red um, short jacket. I have an orange short jacket, but the orange is in a, um, like a whip cord. So it's a little bit, uh, not as like intense as like a poplin, uh, olive. Um, you know, you've also got the L.O. Bean sport vest, which has like red and black arms against like an orangish brown chest. Like that's kind of a fun retro kind of interesting colorway. Almost feels kind of seventies, even though my jacket's from the fifties. And, you know, yeah, wearing that is kind of fun to, like, you know, to literally wear two colors in, like, one item. Um, you know, vibrant. I mean, hey, there's yeah. uh, two-tone Hollywood jackets. Two-tone which... Hollywood jackets, really big thing. They're yeah. using brown against, like, gabardine blues and reds and stuff like that. Or even, like, full full rayon gabardine um, Hollywood jackets. You know, there's, there's lots of ways to kind of inject color. You know, we, we've talked about knitwear and socks. I think vibrant outerwear is fun to kind of put a spin on it, kind of introducing the ideas of color as hazard clothing, orange outerwear, red outerwear, stuff like that is really, is really cool. Cause I don't, I don't think you or I really ever like base an outfit around like a really, really vibrant color. I don't have many like super vibrant like coats or shirts. Uh, I mean, I have that red barn coat from J crew. Yeah. But that's a problem. But you know, yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's like, um, yeah, having having something like a coat which you can take off or like a sweater or whatever, which is partially hidden under a jacket, socks, kind of same thing, except it's your pants, not your jacket. Uh, but yeah, no, that's a that's a much easier way to uh, that's a much easier way to wear color. Absolutely, you know, it's I mean, a sad head way of doing it. And uh, with all the stuff, the stuff, it's kind of you know, obviously, if you're trying to dress to like one specific look and or being corporate or whatever, it's pretty hard to do it. But when you think about everything as an aesthetic that you can kind of dive into and either play with it or subvert, it makes it easier. Like, again, you think that it's hard to wear orange pants, you know? you Maybe you'll only think of, like, orange skinny jeans or something like that. But Trad's been doing it for a long time, you Or know? you could, I mean, you could also take the opposite route and, like, like some guys who are like, oh, I don't want to, you know, wear... I don't want to wear a denim shirt with like a suit. It's like, okay, we'll just like treat it. You can just like think of it as a blue shirt, like wear yeah. it like you would like a blue Oxford or blue broadcloth. And it's like, you know, it, it can help you kind of like rationalize uh, clothing, like individual pieces that might be a little bit more out there in terms of design. But if they're, you know, pretty conservative in terms of color, then uh, that makes it easier to wear. Absolutely. Not implying that Western shirts are 
really that out there in terms of design, but there's a lot of guys who are, I guess, hesitant to make the cow exactly. take the cowboy leap. I mean, again, there's with with clo- with color, as you hopefully have learned, like there's a lot of just like connotations across it, not just in like formality sake, but just you know, again, green pants. You can find in green corduroys. You can find in green military pants. Khaki, same thing. Yeah. And so. And it's fun to like play into those ideas, you know, even if it's not real. Like no one's gonna notice. That, like, oh, you're doing a military look, even though you're wearing green flannels. Like no one's gonna say that. But if if it helps you reconcile it, then that's all that matters. And and you'll hopefully have some more fun with it. You know, it's like that's why I'm able to think of my green flannel polo Ralph Lauren trousers as an elegant version of my like P43 pants. You know, or like Spencer said, oh, I want to wear a blue, a solid blue shirt today, but I don't want to wear a poplin shirt denim chambray is already right there and yeah yeah you could argue that the extra casual pieces make it interesting but sometimes you don't really think about like oh just because it has pockets you know sometimes you just think about the color combination uh again micro decision but you know it that that hopefully that that gives you a little bit of precedent and rationale behind it yeah um but yeah i mean color color is great Obviously, it's just color is great. Where would we be without it? Again, a big shout out to Eric for helping us think about yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, feel free to join us uh, this this Sunday for our stream on color. If we want to talk about some more options, maybe get some ideas from what the other guys are thinking when they make their color outfits or um, color combinations in their outfits. Um, and if you want to join the Patreon, also like if you literally contribute to future episodes like this, yeah. if you want that, go to Patreon.com/slash/DialInDirection. Five dollars a month gives you access to our Discord as well as a bonus episode every month. Those are hilarious and interesting, as I, I, I like to call them. Um, Ten dollars a month gives you access to nothing else extra except the fact that I say your name. So, big ups to Austin Malat, Shane Curry, Philip Gregard. Audrey, Jessica, Jeremy Ostriker, Jarek Colian, and James Devonzo. Um, we appreciate your contributions uh, of your extra $5. So total of 10, you know? Yeah. Um, no other news. Again, total of 10. again, like we said, we were doing this new model where we, we make episodes for three months and take a break for the last month. We did that um, when we took that break in July, and we're going to take a break in, in December for this. So kind of, We're kind of like uh, God creating the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you heard it here guys, we're kinda like God. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger than Jesus. <laughs> yeah, what what has he brought to the world? Yeah, come on. Yeah. He just died. That's all he did. <laughs> and, and us, we're alive. Yeah, I'm alive. Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> Technically he came back to life. Yeah, but then he'd probably died again. I I, ne- I never finished the Bible, so I don't know what happens. <laughs> don't no spoilers, please. <laughs> no spoilers. No spoilies. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm. I'm, in, I'm just in. I'm in Matthew. I'm almost. I'm ha- almost halfway done. <laughs> it was it weird. Uh, well, oh, you just started Matthew. I just started Matthew. Well, just let me say, you might get bored that for the next three books. It's the same thing three more times. You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, the same story. Man, the Council of Nicaea. They should have proofread this shit. They should have figured this out. <laughs> yeah. What about the Council of Worms? Uh, diet think- of worms, actually. Well, do you think the worms were... Uh... We're getting... We're getting... We keep doing this where we keep, like, exposing our Christian upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> like, getting too deep into the into yeah, theological and, and discussions. Yeah, our, and our... Four, you know, every year, the fourth month of the quarter is our Sabbath. That's our Sabbath. Sundown to sundown. <laughs> as, I, as I specifically uh, have been brought up to believe. Uh-huh. Um, Anyway, thank you again. We appreciate it if you guys uh, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Don't mind the fucking stupid ass 
the logo if it hasn't been changed for some reason it went back to the old one for no reason uh if you listen to this on spotify you're getting the right one or or soundcloud or i think every other literally every other podcasting platform it's ridiculous um go go uh, i i hope i hope the i hope Apple gets a diet of worms, more like it. Man. <laughs> yeah. Hear that, Tim Cook? <laughs> open open up. Yeah, Tim Cook. More like cooking those worms. How to cook uh, fried worms. How to eat fried book? worms, I think. How to eat refer- yeah. something. How to fry worms. Yeah. Um, I'm Ethan M. Wong. I'm Spencer DSO. Thank you, MJ, for staying off mic and for producing the podcast. We will see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So sick.